This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Keep Screaming, a horror podcast where two best friends... Uh, nope, it's not a horror podcast. It's a normal podcast where two best friends dissect horror movies one by one. Uh, so normally, B and I, this is my co-host, B Beth. Hi. And I'm Ryan Larson. We would pick one slasher movie and dissect it completely from top to bottom. But this is a bonus episode. That bonus! We just, yeah, we missed a week and we decided we wanted to treat you guys to something extra. So B and I came up with the idea because... Um, Sometimes the world's too much, and there's a lot of stuff happening right now, and it's our favorite month, and we decided we also life. There's a lot of things in our lives that have been happening, and we decided we wanted to talk about something um, more comforting. So with this being Halloween and our favorite month to view horror movies in, even though we view them every month, uh, we decided to talk about comfort movies. So it's not necessarily movies that we watch like every halloween because those definitely exist too like um there are movies that we try to watch for halloween and some of these are those um but they're also movies that like we just watch kind of year round Mm -hmm. um like movies that you like for me personally you know like I'll i'll just kick off like my wife thought it was the strangest thing when we started dating that she well when we started living together that if I didn't feel well or if I was, like, really tired and I got home before her, she'd come home and scream. I'd be asleep on the couch and scream would be on. And she'd be like, how do you watch this and fall asleep? Like, how? <laughs> like there are people running from a murderer screaming, being stabbed, and this is the movie you put mm-hmm. on to fall asleep to. I'm like, it makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. Like, this movie is home for me. Like, it just makes me, like, it puts me in a comfortable place. I've seen it so many times that it's not like I'm – I'm not popping up to be like, oh, what's happening? Or, But instead, it's like, oh, I feel comfortable. I know what's going to happen. I love what's happening. Um, so these are just those kind of movies. And we wanted to talk about our comfort movies with you guys, um, our comfort horror movies. Yeah, because I think we're all going to have movies, at least, well, not all of us. I am in particular, and Ryan as well, we're big rewatchers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we find a lot of safety and comfort in revisiting films. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, that is particularly true. I've always been that way. Um, and so it doesn't matter. Sometimes I will be known to watch the same movie like multiple days in a row. Um, just because whatever's going on in my life, I just need some kind of world to escape to. And I want to escape to one that feels that I'm familiar with, that feels safe, that feels comfortable, and that feels like um, I'm going there. Um, and of course I'm going to have lots of those that aren't like the holiday is a big one for me, Princess Harry's too. Um, I'm going to have a lot that aren't horror related. Um, but for us, a lot of the movies that make me feel safe and make me feel like, okay, I can just escape in this world and make myself feel better are horror. Yep. Yeah. Or at least horror inspired. Yeah. And um, the older I get to, the more mm-hmm. I actually... It's funny. I actually try to use October now as a way to see movies I haven't seen that are horror. Like, because, like you just said, I mean, a lot of the movies that I've rewatched in my life are horror movies. And so now I use October as a time to be like, okay, I'm going to watch, like, 
I'm going to try to watch 31 movies that I've never seen before. Or I'm going to be like, you know, like I'm going to fit my, my like uh, staples, like Halloween and trick or treat in here. But I'm also going to make sure like I watch, you know, like five, uh, like I'm trying to watch more Cronenberg. So I want to make sure I watch like scanners this month. And I want to make sure that I watch uh, like a couple of his movies. So, um, so I use October as like a way now the older I get to try to not see things I've seen before, see, watch things I've seen before. But the rest of the year is when I'm like, okay, this is a movie I can throw on and just like, I know I'm going to love it. Um, so like I said, Scream, and I think that's for B and I both. Mm-hmm. If you're a, a listener of the show um, or follow us on social media, I think you'll realize pretty quick that we're both huge Scream fans. It's probably both of our favorite movies. Mm-hmm. Um it's funny too because so I uh, Jaws is the movie that got me into horror and Jaws is my I think it's the best movie ever made it's definitely like one of my favorites but I think Scream is my all time favorite but I don't watch Jaws like year round because mm-hmm. that movie to me is like art like mm-hmm. watch like a like yeah, that movie is it. so, it's so good. like Spielberg at the top of his form which is insane because it's like his third movie like his first major debut um, but. I have to like stay awake through Jaws. Like I'm like, and I have to pay attention to Jaws and I pay attention to the movies. That's not what I'm saying. But like, for me, it's not like a movie that I get comfortable with. Like I'm hyper aware and I'm like, okay, what's happening? What's happening? Because like, it's such like, so cinematic in its scope. Um, but Scream for me is like that movie that I can put on with my friends and like, I know everyone loves it and I know we're all going to have fun with it. And I just love those characters so much. I never get bored of those characters Nothing about these characters. Yeah, and nothing frustrates me either about these characters. Like, even in Jaws, which I think is, like, amazing. Like, the whole time you're going, like, the mayor is so wrong and, like, such an asshole. And, like, this, uh, and it frustrates me and it's wrong. And, but, like, Scream, like, even, like, the things going on with Billy and Stu, you're just like, this fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. And I love the, like, one of my favorite parts of the entire movie is when you find out that they're the killers. Mm -hmm. And that interaction in the kitchen. And just a stew losing it because he's draining blood and he's he's obviously not in any form to be having a coherent conversation. Uh And he's starting to worry about what his parents are gonna think. I think you stabbed me too deep, man. I think you stabbed me too deep and he's like, please don't tell my parents. My parents are going to kill me. Uh, yeah, I love all, I mean, and just like Randy, because he's just the character that I resonate with so perfectly. I think most like slasher fans do. And Sid is just the ultimate like final girl to me. She's the ultimate badass. She's vulnerable. She lets herself, um, you know, hurt and trust people. And then she doesn't and she fights back and She's never um, a victim. She's always like, holy shit, this terrible thing happened to me. Oh my God, fuck it. I'm going to like, I love I'm going to take care of myself. Yeah, and I love Sid too because I don't want to get too in the deep into this because we'll cover Scream one day. But like Sid is so cool because I love me some final girls. And like mm-hmm. I love Lori, obviously. Mm-hmm. Like she's hugely oh, important. She's an amazing final girl. Um, and you know, Friday has like some really cool final girls. Um, but Sid to me is just... She literally has sex with the killer. Mm-hmm. She has sex with the killer. Her mother was murdered by this person who is the killer, who is her boyfriend that she had sex with. She fucking triumphs. It's just like, I just love her. She's such, and like, but it's not like she's some super badass. She is vulnerable. Yeah. She's incredibly fragile, that entire movie. 
And, and in the sequels. Yeah, I just, I love her so much. Yeah. So, so Scream is, just for me, like, one of those movies, like, I don't feel good, I'm gonna put it on Scream, because it takes me to a place where I know that I, like, I love the characters and I love the world, and because it catapults me, like, I can watch any of the sequels. Mm-hmm. And I think over time, Scream 4 has become one that I just really love all over again. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it's, it's it's. I've actually been v- revisiting Scream Three a lot more recently. It's definitely the one that gets trounced on the most. Yeah, and it's still an excellent movie. It's just in Scream, you know, in the world of Scream, it's not the best one. Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone knows but, the order is one, four, two, three. Yeah, but it's still like a really good movie, and I think because I tend to not be like a sequel person. I, I don't watch a lot of sequels. Like, I've seen a lot of originals, and I've seen a lot of remakes, and then I just never get around to the sequels, um, which I'm trying to get better at. Um, but, like, Scream's a little bit different for me, and so I think, uh, like, a lot of years of using Scream, now I've, like, been gravitating towards Scream 3 because uh, I'm just like, oh, yeah, like, it's a comfort I haven't, like, divulged in as much. Yep. Um, I'm the same way. I actually yeah. found myself watching it a lot more recently because I'm like, it's the one I've seen the least. Yeah. And Even I think what's important um, and what's really true about Scream and some of the other movies we're going to talk about is that there's two factors. Um, one that's particularly unique to Scream, the other one that's not, is the characters. Mm-hmm. They feel like friends and... They feel like people you know, and that's what makes it safe. And like Ryan said, you're never annoyed with them. Um, you're never mad at them. They all are pretty relatable, pretty realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, even the killers, you find things to like about them. And that's comforting. Um, and then the second one, which is going to be unique to Ryan and I, is that um, it's filmed where, like, close close to where we grew up. Yeah. But basically where we grew up. Mm-hmm. Um and so, scene-wise, um, uh, it looks like our... Yeah, it looks like home. It looks like home. And there are places... And that's comfort... The, that I see The that architecture, I... the trees, it's home. And we've seen those places in real life. Yeah. And... The video store that Randy works in was the video store I went to as a kid. Yeah. With my dad. Like, Bradley Video. That was yeah. it. So... Yeah, it's home. <laughs> that movie more than any yeah. other movie other than now Lady Bird for second. Yeah. It's home. So it, it sort of has this unique pull over the two of us too, which I, I, I can't um, not mention. Um, and yeah. it is funny. Like Lady Bird I thought was a great movie um, and I did really like it. And it feels even more satisfying when you're looking and you're like, yeah, I mean, I, I see that every day. That's where I live. And B and I have talked about that on Keep Screaming, like, standard episodes, too. Like, we gravitate a lot towards the small town slasher because it reminds us so much of home. And we grew up in a very small town, mm-hmm. um, which I think that's another reason um, Halloween resonates so yes. deeply with us. Because um, it's the suburban slasher. And, like, it's these neighborhoods, like the neighborhoods we grew up in. Yeah. And, you know, there's... Because it was filmed in L.A., right? It was. It was yeah. from the, the, And there's like, a lot of yeah. um, areas in LA that are very similar to Northern California, at least the part of Northern California where we grew up in. Mm-hmm. Lots of oak trees and yeah, um, yeah. similar style houses. And um, when I watch movies on the East Coast, I'm like, well, that's not filmed here. Like, it doesn't look anything like California. Oh, you can tell when something's Midwest yeah. or East Coast. Yeah. It doesn't sure. look like, I mean, pretty much if it's like built in the, you know, earlier than the 40s, does not look like California. Yeah. 
Um, so that has like a level of comfort, I think, for us for sure. Mm-hmm. And Halloween is the one too. And um, if you listen to our last episode where we covered um, Cry Wolf, we were talking about it's like one of the movies, one of the few Halloween movies that like we will watch outside of Halloween mm-hmm. because it doesn't it, feel sacred to the holiday. Yeah, it feels it, like so much more. And I think it's because. I mean, it did, it's so centered around Halloween, but, like, what's crazy is it's not really. Like, yeah. there's not, like, they they don't even go trick-or-treating. They watch a horror movie at home. The kids are wearing costumes, but, like. And there are trick-or-treaters. There are trick-or-treaters, but, like, and, like, uh, the iconography of it is more, like, to the holiday than anything else in the movie. And, like, that movie created the slasher genre realistically for what it is today and so i think that's another reason why it feels so like i just love watching because i'm like it started here like i'm watching where it started like i know the proto slashers and stuff like built the general like framework but like this is what solidified the slasher genre and like really kicked it off and like also john carpenter is just like a master at what he does and Mm -hmm. so like it's funny because you, I mean, there are things he Carpenter does that like, that's John Carpenter move. You can watch The Fog or The Thing or fucking Halloween, but like you watch Halloween and like, I feel like Halloween at its core is so much more simple than oh. The Thing or The Fog. It is. And it's, it's not a complicated movie. No, not at all. The sequels get complicated. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's one, one of the things that's hard. And I've actually just last year started watching the sequels. Started watching the sequels. Um, Halloween is a, you know, a comfort movie to me, too, because it's one of the first horror movies I ever saw. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, like, a very early exposure to it. I have, like, a very vivid memory of watching it, and Michael, like, haunted me. And he still gets me. Um, Michael's one of the few, like, slasher icons that really scares, um, scares me. Yeah. Um, and can get me. And if I really want to think about it and put myself in that position and creep myself out, I can. It's because what Carpenter did, I mean, there's three scenes I can think of in them. One, standing behind the bush. Mm-hmm. Two, standing in Laurie's yard. The clothesline. Uh, and then three, the scene where Laurie thinks he's down. Or no, the scene where... She thinks he's in another part of the house. Yeah, and his and... face in the black, completely black doorway just appears. And there's a moment, he's not straight, he's just observing and it's just it's that white stock. face. Oh my god! I just and Jason doesn't scare me like that. Jason's entertaining. I've definitely come to appreciate Friday a lot more in the last two Same. years than I ever did before. Same. And he's entertaining. Like Jason to me is fun. Like he's not. He doesn't talk, but those movies are fun. He's big, intimidating. He's like it's, brutal. He's brutal. Yeah. Freddy is a blast. And like Freddy, you're mm-hmm. Fred, you're parting with Freddy. Mm-hmm. Like Michael scares the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's a like when he's done right, he is. I truly never root terrifying. for Michael, which no. is a really rare thing. Normally, that's something I feel like I need in a slasher. And with Halloween, I've never ever wanted Michael to win. Yeah, no, and also like yeah, I mean, I just Halloween's definitely one. Um, and we talked about this on the other episode too, but like. Trick or Treat is a weird one because it is a comfort movie for both of us, but we pretty much only watch it seasonally because it's so in- integral to the holiday. But um, if you go back and listen to the last episode, B told a story about how she could only watch or only listen or uh, only read Polar Express on Christmas Eve. And it was because it was tradition. And I think 
Trick or Treat fits in that way where it's a comfort movie in the sense of like, we know this happens every year. Like we're Mm -hmm. going to get to Halloween and we're going to watch Trick or Treat. There's two movies actually like that for me. I will not watch Hocus Pocus outside of October. It doesn't fit. That's also too soon for me. I really want to watch it. And I'm probably going to watch it earlier than normal this year because we are going to Disneyland in two, little less than two two weeks. weeks. Um, And I plan on watching it before we go. Um, And that's early for me. Normally it's just like, no, that is like a Halloween night movie. Um, And it's weird. A lot of my comfort movies, I'm like a big person of like tradition and... I'm the opposite of Ryan, where in October he's trying to watch new things, and in October really it's, this is my most comforting month, where I really just dive into like all these movies that I normally don't watch the other time of the year. Not all of them I'm like crazy, like Trick or Treat or Hocus Pocus, where I can't watch them. But I do save this month to like put myself like in the season and in the mood, and that's everything from... Like the Adams Family movies to um, Monster House and Paranorman and Hocus Pocus and Halloween. And I watch a lot more family-based movies yeah. this month than I do horror. Um, because uh, the there's not a ton of horror movies actually based specifically around Halloween. It's a really common like comedy and family theme. And I just love like... I always make watch like the Disney movies, mm-hmm. like the Disney original ones, like Halloween Town, and I try and watch like Under Wraps, especially now that Amazon Prime exists and you can rent all of those movies. Yep. Um, like freaking Twitches and anything. Yeah, um, I love the Disney. Yeah, the I watch. I'll catch every few years. Like I'll make sure I watch like Practical Magic and just stuff like that. That the craft that really just sort of symbolizes October and Mm -hmm. the fall season and just makes me remember why this is my favorite month, why it's always been my favorite holiday. It kind of lets me be a kid again. And the reason we're doing this episode um, is because we wanted to talk about things that make us feel comfortable and safe. And um, we'll talk a little bit about it, but I um, unexpectedly lost my father-in-law um two three weeks ago now um very sudden and unexpected and untimely um and it like shook me and my husband and our family uh extremely hard and all I wanted to do was just like you know and it's like the end of September um it was like right around like our wedding anniversary and so it's supposed to be like this amazing time like celebrating our anniversary and celebrating like getting into Halloween like we had just gotten like our Halloween stuff out and then to be like shook with this like life shattering event um really makes you appreciate like what you have um your friends your family and the things that you love and for me I mean I love film yeah and I I get a lot of joy and and um I get to express a lot of my creativity and passion through my love of film. And so much of that plays into Halloween and horror. Mm. And um, that's why I love this month. And that's why I love these movies. Because even like walking like home from school, like as a kid and crunching on leaves, there's, there's something about this time that brings me this... Um, 
weird sense of joy that just comes out of the season. Um, similar to how a lot of people feel around Christmas mm-hmm. time when it starts getting crisp and cold and a lot of, it doesn't snow where we live, but a lot of places where it snows, like I always think of Gilmore Girls and how that like so important to the main character Lorelai, that first snow and that just like brings a sense of doesn't matter what's going on in her life. She has a sense of joy and this month brings me so much of that and so I'm like really really holding on to that this month and really trying to embrace um you know that in times where you know life gets hard and um I think that's really important and I sometimes I think us as not even just horror fans but people who are um consumers of pop culture and media and film um we kind of get criticized for the importance that we put on watching movies or watching tv or or um i mean it doesn't often happen with books but i even know people who are like massive readers who even like get looked down upon because it's like oh your nose is always in a book there's always some sort of stigma against Mm. consuming um our type of media and i say fucking embrace it and if it makes you feel comfortable and safe and makes you feel happy um we should be celebrating that absolutely and i love that's part of the reason i love horror it's like fuck man every five years i'm getting some sort of anniversary edition of something or people are like hell yeah it's 20 year anniversary of urban legend it's the 40 year anniversary of halloween it's the 35 year anniversary of whatever like that's one of the things i love about the genre is like horror fans i'm sorry any other fan you're wrong if you think like uh, and i'm a big fan of like lots of other genres obviously like superhero movies or like the harry potter movies or whatever but horror fans are more just like they will find any fucking reason to celebrate Mm -hmm. and they hold anniversaries and they hold things this month very dear and you know like i think every horror fan has their comfort movies and i want you guys like reach out to us and let us know um, like I was saying, you know, like trick or treat is very important to the holiday to me. Like it does not feel like Halloween if I have not yeah. watched trick or treat. Like I need to watch Sam and I yeah. need to see him show up in the background of these stories that are so brilliantly made and like beautifully brought to life and so varied. Like Michael Doherty's trick or treat to me is the perfect anthology film because it doesn't need a wraparound. Like it's built, it's so interweaved into its own like DNA and the stories it's like from the beginning scene to this last scene where we've been leading up to this character reveal in the last scene the entire movie without even knowing it yeah um and it takes place on halloween in this little town that throws a huge halloween parade like it's the most perfectly encapsulated halloween movie in the world to me like and just sam is literally the embodiment of holly of halloween he's he's orange he's um, a pumpkin he, he's a pumpkin but he also a little candy. demon yeah, yeah it's just so beautiful i love that movie so much um and like you were saying like i agree like this is you know i i try to watch new stuff but there are certain things like so for me the rest of the like scooby-doo is big for me for yeah. halloween too because growing up i was a huge scooby-doo kid i'm a massive to this day i will champion the shit out of scooby-doo and zombie island i think that movie is legit scary um, and I think it's a great, like, gateway horror for kids to, like, finally experience a little bit, like, okay, this is still kid-friendly, but mm-hmm. there are scary things in this movie. Um, and another kid show that I will watch year-round, and I watch it all the time, I've seen it all the way through, like, a billion times. If you uh, can, you pick up VRV, 
It's a streaming service now. It's 10 bucks a month and you get Shudder and Nick Splat. And Are You Afraid of the Dark is on there. And for me growing up, like, Are You Afraid of the Dark was one of the first things that really turned me on to horror and, yeah. like, made me... I mean, it was a show that... My mom was pretty strict growing up, which is another... I'll talk about it in just a second, um, why some of my comfort movies are classic Universal. But growing up, like, I didn't get to watch a lot of horror movies, so Are You Afraid of the Dark for me was, like, my access to horror. And I remember... And goosebumps. Yeah. Goosebumps, the books, the show never clicked with me. I think it was, like, a little too late. Mm. Um... I love the books, uh, but Are You Afraid of the Dark? Just I saw it first, and it stole my heart. And I was like, every week it's a different episode, and it's like this anthology, and like they're all theme, like there's sci-fi episodes, there's ghost episodes, there's monster episodes, there's folklore episodes. Yeah. There's always like this crazy twist ending, which gave me the Goosebumps vibes because that's how R.L. Stein ended most of his Goosebumps books. I also think because I was such an avid reader, when I watched Goosebumps, it was like, oh, this is a story I already know and I love, so how are they bringing it to life? And it's cool to see, but Are You Afraid of the Dark, especially growing up, I was like, what? It was my Twilight Zone. Like, for yeah. anyone who grew up in that era, and I love Twilight Zone now that I've got to go back and watch it, but, like, my dad loved Twilight Zone. And I grew up with him telling me the story, so, oh, there's this episode, and, like, this is happening. But did you ever watch it as a kid? No, oh, I never got I to see it. I watched a ton See, of and I Zone love it now. It's one of my absolute yeah. favorite TV shows now, but, like, growing up, I never watched it because, like, I just didn't, my mom wasn't, like, big on cable, like, I, like, the weekends is when we watched a lot of our TV, and, like, my dad watched a ton of TV, but he only got me every other weekend, so, like, I probably, if I grew up with my dad, would have watched Twilight Zone, because he loved it. Yeah. Um, but growing up for me, Snick was Saturday Night yeah. Nick, so I got to watch Are You Afraid of the Dark, and just, and now all, I mean, my website is named after an episode of one of the characters, the Ghastly Grinner, um, so, like, that show for me is a huge comfort, like, and... I'll just every once in a while be like, okay, I need to binge watch something that I just like. Like, I mean, my wife and I have, just like B and her husband, we have shows we fall asleep to that we're comfortable with. But like every once in a while I'm like, okay, I need to go through a horror show, but I can't have it be too intense. Like I don't mm-hmm. need, I don't need American We'll get yelled story. at yeah. too also. Oh yeah. Um, so Are You Afraid of the Dark is a big one for me. Um, and I just like, I loved, I loved everything about that show. Like, I think it perfectly knew its audience. Mm-hmm. It was like, it knew it's like, okay, these are kids, teens that are into horror and we're on cable TV. We can't be like super like bloody, gory, whatever, but we can still be creepy. Yeah, they were really creepy. I definitely, yeah, I loved that. And for me, and this is, there's always like little things that our age difference will bring up mm-hmm. and um, I think the Goosebumps is probably one of them. Uh-huh. I didn't necessarily like watch the show or anything on TV. I don't ever remember that. But when I'd go to the video store, I'd pick out like the um, Goosebumps movies. Well, they were, but they, they were episodes have... of the show. Yeah. I think. Uh, yeah, they um, were usually like two part episodes. But, but then, like, like and I remember, and I'd get it. I'm like, yeah, this is the one I'm gonna get. And then you'd open it up, and it was like always a green VHS. Yeah. And so that's how the, like you and knew. their clamshells were cool. Too. Yeah, yeah. And so like I always remember the one of the ones that's like Goosebumps ones that set on Halloween. I used to get that one a lot because it always scared me. Is the mask she puts on oh, the, the mask. mask? Yeah. Yeah, I love. And that then one it too. stays, and she can't get it off and and i was pretty young at that point too young to be reading the books and so then from there um when i got a little bit older in like second grade i started reading the goosebumps books Mm -hmm. and then i got super into them and as a kid i read like a lot of like uh old period like horror 
as like a child like a lot of stuff like based on like the Salem witches and stuff like that um I spent a lot of time in like my elementary school library um picking out like books like that so like the Bailey School Kid books. I love Bailey School Which kids. were That's all great. like supernatural yeah. based. Yeah. Um, but they were all like funny, but uh, it'd be like, oh, there's a vampire in my bathroom or something. I don't know. They're all yeah. like My really camp funny. counselor is a werewolf. Yeah. yeah. And so those were always fun too. It's like all these like little, I think once you kind of get the bug, um, you can find a lot of either Halloween themed or supernatural themed things in kid. I was a massive Scooby-Doo kid. Um, that still brings me like a lot of comfort going back to that like, far television show wise. Um, oh yeah. Um, Scooby Doo, where are you? Like the original one. I, I like the newer stuff, but there's something about like that original one that I've seen those episodes a million times that just sort of brings me this level of like, okay, doesn't matter how old I am, this is still something that super resonates with me. Um. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Uh, it the especially with the Scooby Doo stuff. I think there's something too about something old where it was like unchecked. Like they were like, we're, uh, and I feel like even already Friday the Dark with Little was like, how far can we go with kids? Like, yeah, how, like what's too scary? Because there's some Scooby Doo stuff that I remember legit. Like as a four year old, I was like, this is creepy, mm-hmm. like for sure. And I think that still happens sometimes. Like. Um, two of our favorites, Paranorman and Monster House. Dude, Monster House is legit a scary-ass movie. Uh-huh. Like, I can't show kids that movie because I, I saw that movie when I was 13. No, 15. No, you're older. Yeah, because I saw it in theaters. I saw it in theaters, too. I, yeah. No, I had to be 16 or 17. I Yeah, I was in eighth grade or a freshman. I just know I went and saw it with my best friend, Kate, which would have had to have been I was 13 or older because that's when I met her. And I remember we went and watched it, and we were looking around, and we are like, oh, this is kind of scary. Yeah, like, like, it was actually scary. Yeah. Like, that movie, and and I love that movie, too. That's mm-hmm. definitely, that and Paranorman, I think, out of all the kids' movies, have stuck with me the most. Yeah. I mean, I watch Nightmare every year, um, and it's great, because it's great for two holidays. Mm-hmm. But, like, they're the, out of, like, newer ones, like, Monster House is so in tune with what, like, it's like, okay, this is for kids, but it's also for horror fans. Like... And Paranorman does that too. Like, yeah. there's a lot of like tongue in cheek meta. Well, yeah, like, Monster House is like super like Hitchcockian rear window vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Paranorman then, has that whole scene where like he calls him from outside, right? That's Paranorman, right? Or am I mixing it up with Monster House? I'm not sure what you're referencing. Like his friend calls him from outside, and he's wearing the creepy mask. Oh, that's in um, Monster House. That is, oh, yeah. that is Monster House. Okay, no, Paranorman okay. is like all about like the it starts with like the kids doing a play about like the Salem witch trials, right, right, right. And they yeah, live yeah. in this town that's like integrated with like this history of witches. Um, and Paranorman's this like really weird kid kid who talks to ghosts. Um, and all of that stuff is like really creepy, and he like sees ghosts and like it. There's like witches and zombies and a lot of like darker themes presented and a lot of adult humor that mm-hmm. is fine because mm-hmm. that's an all kids stuff because kids don't understand what it means so right. it's fine it goes over their head it the goes way over their head still appreciate yeah it. um but those two movies are ones that are heavily integrated with my halloween watching but also my my year round watching those are those are massive comfort movies for me um and i think part of the reason is like i was saying i get this like a sense of joy from this holiday or from this month this season um everything from the weather change to um the leaf leaves change the type of foods that come out Mm -hmm. 
Like, I, like all of that stuff brings me like a sense of joy that you have like no explanation for. And those it's movies, just like these make me happy. And those movies play with those ideals without being so over the top Halloween. Monster House feels like fall to me too. It like does. Just like lots of scattered leaves on the yeah. ground. Like the colors are very like they're like these dark oranges and yeah, these blues. I always say like if I could ever transport myself into a town for Halloween, it would be the town from Monster House. Yeah, because I, I just think it's a lot of people perfect. still haven't seen that movie. If you guys I don't understand, it gets that. overlooked a lot. If so, if you haven't seen it yet, definitely one hundred percent make sure you watch it because it's super good yeah it had to cam- come out in like 2006 in that range um, oh six oh seven for sure yeah, yeah. uh yeah, 2006. 2006 the year I, the year i graduated high school oh god um another <laughs> yeah, 15 another big yeah fuck another big like it's kind of i love like there's this mid-aughts era of horror that i just like anytime i'm like i just need to put something on that i know is fun and i'm gonna like i'm gonna enjoy it so there's like this slew of like the faculty and halloween h2o and even the, so there's this fucking movie that b and i talk about all the time called the hollow oh yeah that was on abc family nick cannon or not nick cannon nick carter with nick carter and yeah. kevin zegers yes um and kaylee kuoko yes and so like and it fits because that movie shouldn't like realistically but it fits so perfectly with like the faculty in H2O and it's like like with just that feel of like it's this teen scream it's like it's like these high school kids um in this small town and if you haven't seen it it's based on like the, the obviously the legend of sleepy hollow and i remember there's an unrated cut that was like it's not like rated r by any means but it was like more than they could show on tv it's the one they released on dvd and it fits so perfectly in with those like other movies for me like i love the faculty and i love h2o specifically because it takes place at like this boarding school and the faculty at this high school and so like there's something about the high school feel and i don't know if it's because i've always waxed nostalgic and i've always like been a big like i have been a person who romanticizes the past a lot and like i did enjoy uh my high school years a lot so there is something that like speaks to me a little bit more about those movies and i think that's why i still mm-hmm. love team teen scream so much so like yeah very much like out of all of the halloween sequels h2o for i've seen that movie definitely the closest to the original halloween the most like i love everything about that movie uh josh hartnett michelle williams um ll cool j you know jamie lee curtis returning for the role yeah. kevin williamson um like was the like did some script treatment for it like came up with the general plot line absolutely love it same with the fact kevin williamson with the faculty josh hartnett uh elijah wood uh famica jansen um usher just so many people i love in that movie and then i know like it Again, this is another one. If you get a chance to find The Hollow somewhere, they released it on DVD. Like, there's just something about that movie that, like, fits with the holiday. And it's also just so comforting, like, for me. Like, it that one's a little more... H2O and Faculty are year-round. I'll watch them whenever. But, like, The Hollow is one I try... Every Halloween, I try to find it again and be like, oh, we need to watch this. Because, like, this is just such a good... It's on like, YouTube. Oh, it is on YouTube. Yeah. Okay. It's just, like, such a fun, like, good, like you know cw horror movie mm-hmm. and and but like um and even playing in the back uh, if you guys haven't seen cursed yeah love that one uh west craven a lo- got shit on all over when it came out 
fucking love Sucks that movie. for those people. Yeah. Chris is great. Jesse Eisenberg, Christina Ricci, uh, Michael Milo Rosen- Ventimiglia. Michael, Michael Rosenbaum. Michael Rosenbaum. Um, just like the uh, Joshua Jackson. Uh, that cast is... Hollywood incredible. setting, like... Oh you know. my god, I love that movie yeah. so much. I mean, there's a whole scene in a wax museum that have a horror-themed wax museum that mm-hmm. oh, there's a werewolf that flips people off. There's a what's her name? Fuck the perennial like best friend who's in the new Halloween movie, the redhead. Oh, Judy Greer. Yeah, she's the werewolf in it. Oh. Yeah. So Maybe I mean, I'll watch Curse tonight. Yeah, um, and Curse is another one that I'll watch all the time because yeah. there's just something fun. Like, I love when I can have fun with a horror mm-hmm. movie. Like, when it still has moments of, like, oh, that's definitely horror. Like, that's bloody, that's gory. But, like, when I can have fun with a horror movie, that's when I find comfort in it. Um, and that's why, I like, things like Trick or Treat and Scream and Cursed and, like, all these, all these like, teen screams. That's why well, I have so much fun with these and movies. And Ryan and I make sure we bring this up a lot because... Um, a lot of joys of podcasts is, uh, there'll be like differences between two of the hosts of like different tastes or, um, like I love, uh, our friend Brennan's podcast, Scream 101, because he does it with his boyfriend who's not a horror fan. Um, and so he's introducing to a lot of stuff. So his reactions to some of the movies they watch are really funny. Um, and I just love hearing his take, but, um, Ryan and I bring something different to our podcast where, um, we do have really similar taste, but we also um, find different things to like about them and kind of like challenge each other of like, well, why don't you like that? Or why did you love that? Or, and, um, you know, I think we do a really good, good job of celebrating, but we're also going to always mention that the two of us, because of our similarities, um, have a sense of nostalgia for things that other people don't. Mm. And we as a society are so based in our nostalgia. I mean, just look at even like fashion trends. Mm. As soon as a group of people gets old enough to be the biggest influencers um, on consumption, um, things from our childhood come back. Um, And so a big comfort is nostalgia. And whether that's something that we grew up with, I did not grow up with Scream. Um, I actually pretty sure I watched Scream for the first time after I met Ryan and we were talking about how much we love horror movies and he's like he's like do you know what I recently just watched and it was Scream we both watched it pretty late oh I definitely didn't see it until I was like well into my teenage years and I think yeah it was like 16 17 so um it's nostalgia for a different reason um I mean not saying you can't be nostalgic for high school but then you're also going to have nostalgia for a certain feel. So movies that were made in like the aughts from like night and particular like 96 to 2005 feel like my childhood. That is when I was young and consuming the most amount of um, pop culture. And when I see the outfits and I hear the music, um, that gives me a, a, a sense of nostalgia that is going to shine above um even the worst parts of the film. And so I think that's really important in comfort films too to recognize like I just like revisiting this because it makes me remember when I felt safe as a kid. Mm-hmm. That's why Stranger Things is huge. Like look at yeah. like Stranger Things it's because... It's 80s nostalgia. It's 80, and like B wasn't even born in the 80s. I was born no. in 88 so I don't remember the 80s. But like we can tap into that and enjoy it and aesthetically be like, mm-hmm. oh, this is really cool. because And the residuals. Well, and also our parents grew up in the 80s. Yeah. So, like, 
it's a little different too like that's part of why like you're waxing nostalgic of your parents like the memories you've heard growing up mm-hmm. and what you grew up with because they had an influence on you yeah my oldest sister was born in the 70s i mean i'm like much younger than my siblings um so they were all 80s children their nostalgia is late 80s early 90s um when I wasn't even born yet. Um, so we're all going to have... So I like have some weird nostalgia because for things of my childhood that normally you wouldn't be exposed to, mm-hmm. but I was because of my siblings. So all that is so interesting when we talk about um, comfort and nostalgia mm-hmm. and um, having a sense of recognizing that your love or appreciation for something is stemming from something more than what the creators originally intended yeah it's crazy like like you said um kind of like the environment you grow up in very much influences and like you're waxing nostalgic but for something very different like so i am a huge huge fan of the 1930s classic Mm -hmm. universal monster movies and it's because like and like i think most horror fans go back at some point try to watch them because they recognize this is where it started like this is like where monster movies started and some people like it and some people don't. But like I mentioned, um, my mom was pretty strict. So growing up, like I became really fascinated with horror, but she um, she was strict with some things. Like my, my viewing consumption was a big thing. And so her rule was you can only watch like these movies, like um, like basically the, the movie store that we had growing up like had an old like classic movies for the horror section. And so the rule is, I can only watch these. So I grew up, like, the movies I regularly consumed as a five-year-old were, like, the very slow, I recognize they're slow, and I still love them, but the very slow romantic horror of Dracula and the Wolfman and <laughs> Frankenstein. And, and like, a lot of, I've tried to show these movies to, like, my nephew, and he's not watching, he doesn't want to watch Creature from the Black Lagoon. He doesn't care how beautiful the underwater cinematography is. Like, he's like, oh, this movie's really slow and, like, nothing's happening and that, that monster's not scary. But, like, I 100%, like, I will get in moods where I'm like, I need, like, I need that old music and I need, like, that old, like, title card, that old universal title card to pop up. And, like, I want to see the practical effects that were, like, they still hold up. They're not amazing, but, like, well, I still think Kill Man is absolutely amazing. Um, but, like, I want to see the werewolf transformation. And I want to see, like, the like the scene um, where the creature is swimming under underwater. Um, like, there's so, so, like, the Universal movies for me are a big nostalgic one that a lot of people don't have. Like, some people are like, oh, I just can't get into them. They're too slow. And I understand that because I watch them now and I go, if I had, like, tried to watch these movies, I was like... A 15 year old when i started like really consuming movies i probably would have like especially knowing myself as a 15 year old i probably been like oh this is slow it's boring i can't watch this no boobs no gore no boobs no gore that was my brother's rule 30 minutes um but like the fact that that was all i was allowed to watch mm-hmm. and so i consumed it at like uh, like with a huge appetite because i was like this is all i have and i'm fascinated by this world um so i i'm like really appreciative now of my mom that like that's what i grew up watching and it is a weird nostalgic thing i have Mm because it's like oh you're this kid who's super into slasher movies why do you like these old like universal like like really love these old universal movies and there's something about them like i do think they are like parts of them are really genuinely masterfully made Mm -hmm. um Dracula is boring as shit. Like, it's a slow movie, but there's something about it that when I watch it, I feel, again, it's, I feel at home. I'm five years old, like, you know, lights off, 
blanket fort like thinking i'm watching this thing that's forbidden it's like oh my mom is barely letting me watch yeah. this um so yeah i love those too because of that yeah i think it's that transportation and i think everybody and i like always get interested to hear like oh why do you why do you love this thing because it's maybe something that's not in line with their taste and like that's how i was um with like hitchcock especially the hitchcock hour his tv show Mm -hmm. that was like a tradition of my dad and i we watched it every friday night um and his like hour long like little episodes and that's something that I know even Hitchcock fans have gone back and like gone to like watch the show and they're like oh god like you know can't get into that and like that's something I've rewatched many times and and even like his catalog too some of his like um lesser known stuff like I've seen because that was just something I was really exposed to and I really enjoyed it and partially for the same reason it's like I was super young it was horror Hitchcock has always He's the master of suspense and a lot of um, horror um, directors have taken from him Mm -hmm. um, and taken that. Obviously. Yeah. yeah, Those elements of suspense and those uh, um, interpersonal behaviors that he was so good at and then exploit them as more horror. Um, And so, I mean, that's great too. And I think we're all going to kind of have these like little bit of strange things that we have this sort of weird like, oh yeah, I actually like know the freaking Hitchcock TV show really well. So I, and it's funny, there's two movies that are on our list, your list and my list that are both comfort movies that I can, I always think of these two when people are like, when, because they know us and they know our taste and everything. And so the first one, uh, Friday the 13th, the remake. 2009. 2009 is like both of us all the time. Uh-huh. We watch that movie all the fucking time. Mm-hmm. And everyone is like, especially especially the people who don't know us but know us as horror fans. Like when we went to Long, uh, Long uh, Midsummer Scream and we met Aaron and Brennan and we're discussing movies and they're like, that one? That's your favorite? Because, you know, like obviously like I think in that world and like, like the Shockwave fans all love six and they all love like four. And we're like, oh, the remake for sure. And they're like, and no one's ever been like, that movie sucks. Like, I've never met anyone who's like, that movie sucks. But everyone's like, that's your favorite out of all the Fridays? Both of you? Why? And it's like, I think it's because we're like, oh, it's like a CW scream. Like, yeah. it's got fucking Jared Padalecki in it. Uh-huh. It's got Daniel Panabaker in it. Yeah. And it's like, the feel, of, it's got Aaron Wood. It's got Ryan Hansen. And like, the the feel, it's like, got this glossy, like, and it's like, sexy. And glossy, it's, sexy, kids saying stupid, mean things. Yeah. Just being really mean. Yeah. And so, like, I think that is definitely one that stands out a uh-huh. lot um, for us because, uh, like, we, I think we get questioned on that a lot. Being when people when people who don't know who we are but know we love slashers and they're like oh it's your favorite Friday and then it's like wait what the fuck that's your Who's, favorite Friday yeah like I think there's always this weird like misconception that if you're like a slasher fan and you know or like even if a horror fan and you know a lot about horror it's like you're not allowed to like a remake and you're not allowed you're especially not allowed to like the remake the most and you're not allowed to write like a remake from two thousand nine yeah like. And then the other one that stands out to me that I always think of is Final Destination 3. Yeah. Like, so there are five Final Destination movies, and almost, like, unanimously, everyone, like, one in five are, like, the most beloved. Um, because, I mean, five is very clever. I and think four is the most hated. Uh, rightfully uh, so. Universally so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I love that franchise, and I don't even rewatch no. four. Every time when we have this conversation, 
what's your guys' favorite? Three. Three, for sure. And everyone's why? And again, it comes down to, well, it's got fucking, it's got Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Ryan Merriman. Ryan Merriman. Alex Johnson. And Alex Johnson in it. Yeah. So it has this, like, cast that we were, Ryan Merriman's and all these Disney Channel original movies we're watching. Alex Johnson was an instant star and so weird. Mary Elizabeth Winstead was an actress, like, that at the like she was in sky high yes well Um, sky high especially yeah so it very much plays into it also 2006 yeah and it's like look at the year it was made it's at this amusement park and like there's these like the soundtrack 100 percent played into us it has the tanning bed scene um it has the fucking uh like the nail gun scene which i absolutely adore uh it felt it was the first one to me of the final destinations also that felt bright like it didn't feel so dire like, I mean, I never, like, I always think of, obviously, the fucking scene in 2 with the, the truck. Mm-hmm. But I always think of that scene, too. It's, like, it's rainy, it's drizzly, it's, like, kind of autumn. Um, like, it's this, like, dreary um, setting. And yeah. then the first one, too, it's, like, the first one, like, a lot of things happen at night. And it's always yeah. overcast, and it's very dark. This one, it's, like, bright lights. Like, it's an amusement park. Yeah, it's an amusement like, park. There's these all flashing like lights all the time. There's this carnival music going. Like, even, like... Even the cover is them, like, they're all wearing, like, yellows, and it's got these red straps, and, like, I don't know. There's just something about that movie, like, out of all five Final Destinations, I'm like, oh, oh, we're, we have to pick one Final Destination to watch? It's going to be three, absolutely. And that's another, like, that's definitely another one of those comfort movies for me. And it's funny, too, because, like, out of all the franchises, like, we've talked about it, like, I have my comfort films. H2O is a comfort film. Scream 1 or 4 are my comfort films. Final Destination 3. Um, mm-hmm. Friday the 13th, the remake. Um, like, those are all comfort movies to me. So Yeah, the original. Ni- uh, Nightmare is oh, my yeah. favorite series. Um, but it's actually probably one I've seen in its entirety the least. Yep, well, here. I don't know. I'm just now. I We're just now watched um, all of Halloween. Um and I'm getting there. I think I've seen I've seen all the Fridays now. I think no. I think I'm still missing one. I don't know. There's too many. You're missing. Um, I know which one you're missing. You're missing Jason Goes to Hell. Yes, because it's not on the box. Yes, yet, I haven't seen but Jason you have Goes to Hell. Watch Jason X. Yes. Oh God. Too 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 many times. Um, but Nightmare is my my favorite series. I think it's the strongest series. I think um, in a lot of ways it's the most consistent. Um, which people might argue me on, but it is. Um, And I love those films in its entirety. And it's probably been maybe five years since I've gone all the way through them. It's been a while. It's been a while. But that, the first one is still, I mean, it it fights for Halloween with me. I'll go back and forth um, between it being my favorite. Um, And that, that too, I think almost like as a comfort, that series from beginning to end for me. A uh, new nightmare for me, just oh, fucking. I mean, yeah, new night, new nightmare is incredible. But God, I even love like just the campiest ones of those. There's something about um, Freddy that just uh, he feels like home, and he feels like the the definition of all the, the the horror that I love. I love the horror that's scary but still has its light mm-hmm. tones. Mm-hmm. And that is Freddy. Yep. And I love how integrated into pop culture um, and society he was. And there's a lot that I feel like 
we didn't get, uh, Ryan and I, when we grew up um, with, um, we would have only really gotten it with Ghostface. Um, we got a little bit with like Jigsaw, but we, we didn't get a lot of like pop culture integration because we didn't grow up in the 80s. We didn't have Freddy. We didn't have Chucky sort of like being everywhere and being on freaking cereal boxes and on MTV music videos. And I almost get nostalgic for not having that. Mm -hmm. It's just sort of this weird thing. And so I love like, it feels like this piece of time. Um, And like the best part of the 80s to me is that entire series. And um I don't know. It's just so good. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Nightmare for me is like the most consistent. Yeah. And both the Craven directed ones are just so they're just so fun. Um, and but menacing at the same. They're like, fun and menacing, and um, some people will argue, and maybe it is like um, nostalgia blinding me and like memories of seeing it young. But I, I mean, I genuinely still think the original holds up as a creepy film. Oh, 100%. I, I just recently, yeah. I showed it to my niece and nephew. And, like, my nephew is almost, like, too young where he's like, this is silly. But my niece was, like, sitting there with her, and she's 13. Yeah. She's, like, got her knees up. And she's kind of like, okay, like, what's going on here? Like, this is creepy. Like, because um, they're definitely, I mean, there are, the you know, the slinky arms in particular. Or the accordion mm-hmm. arms are a little wonky. Um, but the rest of that movie to me is just, like, I mean, you can't, the the hallway scene is, like, iconic as being, like, one of the, like, scariest, like, things in horror. It's just when um, you have, oh, and I love, I mean, the Johnny Depp death scene yeah. is so good. When you, and, like, there's a reason that Wes and John are scene. masters. And yeah. it's because when you have a master, like, it doesn't matter how many ages or how many years removed from when mm-hmm. it was made. Like, that movie it's is effective. Going, yeah, it's going to be effective. Well, and the thing that I've always appreciated um, about Freddy is that you can avoid Jason. You just don't go to Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> um, Freddy, I mean, sure, you can argue that you just don't live in... Um, Spring Springwood? Springfield? No, that's Simpsons. Um, God, I can't think of the town. Spring... Um, but it's something like, you know, all of those had in field. Um, but... If you grow up, if you, like, are raised in that town, like, you can't help it. And as a kid, you don't really, um, what is it? It's Springwood. Yeah, Springwood. Um, as a kid, all you can think of, oh, my God, if I go to sleep, like, Freddie might be there. Um, and, and I think that was part of the power of Michael, too, is, like, sure, he's in Haddonfield, but also he could just show up in your town and stalk you. Mm-hmm. It's, like, little things like that. And where Jason was, like, so integrated with Camp Crystal Lake – I think that's why it well, like, lost even, a little like, bit. Leatherface to Texas. Oh yeah. yeah, like you just avoid that town. Yeah. Um, and so there's something, even though uh, Michael and Freddie both have like their town that is why that draws them and their power is drawn from that and 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 so forth. It's easier to separate them from it, and that's you know part of what's scary. What scares you is thinking this could happen to me, especially as a child. Oh yeah. That's, yeah, that's why it resonates. And then there's something, too, I think, about all of the movies we talked about, or most of them, um, that it's tapping into that, I this scared me as a kid, and going back and, like, remembering that. Like, remembering those first movies that scared you. And, like, whether it was the Universal for me that didn't scare me, but, like, fascinated me, or, um, or Halloween, which scared me, and Nightmare, which scared me, or... Um, or Scream, which showed me, like, that a movie can be so intelligent and subversive about itself 
and like break things down like there's something like about tapping into those memories and like remembering this is what it was like to be fascinated like this is what it's like to be like to be scared of a movie before i was so like because you get jaded i think sometimes and it's easy to do but to, like that's why we watch these these comforting movies is because like it's a reset button and it like puts you back in a happy place and it puts you back in a place where you're like i love cinema and i love horror and i love film and like i love the way these movies make me feel and this is why it's because they remind me like they remind me of like being fascinated by like a monster transformation or like thinking like okay this character is really scary but i still think he's really funny um and i don't know yeah so that's and that's why we did this whole episode was just to be able to talk about this with you guys and like these movies that we wanted to you know like like b said we we've been 2018 has been rough i think for a lot of people and then um you know we've gone through a lot of personal tragedy as well like like b said she lost her father-in-law and you know, our friend lost his dad, who we were both close to, and, um, you know, my wife and I lost a friend, uh, like a young friend, so it was a rough year, so when B, we missed the episode, and I texted her, and I was like, we need to do something that's just comfortable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we need to be able to just talk about stuff we love, and, like, not worry about dissecting it and analyzing it, even though we love doing that, but just talk about, like, let's pick some movies that we love, that make us feel good. That and, we like to watch over yeah, and, and over. And over and over and share them with you guys. And, like, hit us up. Find us at Screaming Cast, you know. Um, Let us know what makes you feel comfortable, whether it's because of where it takes place or because of any nostalgia reasons. Yeah, how it makes you or, feel. Yeah. Just like... Because you like a character or they remind you of somebody. Yeah, and they're so... It's so fascinating. There's so many things, like... I know um, Ian West, who is in, he's one of my writers, and, like, there's some movies that he watches, and he's like, oh, I love this movie. I'm like, why? Like, there's some strange, I can't, like, off the top of my head, but he's like, oh, I watched it with my dad growing up. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's just, like, you know, movies that he has that, like, oh, I watched these, you know, I watched it with my dad, so I have this memory attached to it. And, like, I think that's really cool. And, like, I, I think it's, like, it's something that cinema just does that is, like, it's hard to replicate in in a lot of other places and like the feelings that like that, that are provoked from watching something and like why these rituals we have of like being able to watch these movies and like it's funny you know like i'll watch scream if i like if i feel sick but i'll watch the wolfman if i'm like really tired but want to fall asleep watching horror so i don't know it's just it's fascinating stuff and and we wanted to just talk about happy things so mm -hmm. Uh, thanks for sticking through and, um, you know, I hope you enjoyed the bonus episode and we're going to try to do more of these every once in a while. We really want to do one, um, talking about action movies eventually because B has spent the whole year finally catching up on some, um, Guys, I've watched a lot. Yeah, a lot of classic a action movies. So that's something we are excited to do because it's something, um, you know, we both just love film in general and as much as we love talking about slashers with you guys. Um, and I, think, I got a lot to say about Arnold. And we'll definitely do, uh, last year we were on Brennan's show and we got to talk about our like our favorite horror of the year, which I think we'll do again, whether it's with Brennan on his show or whatever. But like, I love being able to talk about more than just slashers too. So did you say you love Arnold? Hmm. I said I have a lot to say about Arnold, but uh, I do love him. Okay, I love him too. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. It's like, so, okay, let me get that clear yeah. before we end this. So thanks for sticking around for the bonus episode, and we'll be back next week for our regularly scheduled episode. Uh, find us on Screaming Cast on Twitter and Instagram, or Keep Screaming on Facebook, and we will definitely post what movie we will be watching so you can watch along with us. Uh, until then, keep screaming. <laughs>